Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. In. Our number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. While everybody in Washington is focused on the United States Senate, supposedly the Constitution, Joe Biden is violating the Constitution left and right, and the Democrats in Congress seek to do exactly the same thing. And such is the evidence of a declining republic. We have a Roman Senate now. And Caesar, a low IQ Caesar in the White House. While Rome burns, Nero fiddled. I want to address a few things here first. Our friend Ted, uh, our friend, uh, Ted Cruz has posted an op-ed. I assume he wants us to talk about it. It's public. It's on his website. It's also at the Fox News site, and it's one of the rare occasions where I strongly disagree with him, as I will demonstrate now. He said, The constitutional question of whether a former president can be impeached or tried after he has left office is a close legal question. It's a close legal question. It's a close legal question. Really? It's never been done before to a president. What makes it a close legal question exactly? Well, let's read on. On balance, I believe that the better constitutional argument is that a former president can be impeached and tried. That is, that the Senate has jurisdiction to hold a trial. Now, let's stop there. Cruz isn't just saying that a former president could be tried. He's saying a former president could be impeached after he's left office. He could be impeached and tried, apparently, 
after he's left office. He says, however, nothing in the text of the Constitution requires the Senate to choose to exercise jurisdiction. Now we're walking a tightrope. They're not required to do it, but they can do it. He goes on. In these particular circumstances, I believe the Senate should decline to exercise the jurisdiction, and so I voted to dismiss this impeachment on jurisdictional grounds. The question wasn't whether or not this trial violates jurisdictional grounds, was it, Mr. Producer? The question was whether it was constitutional or not. And 44 senators voted that it was not constitutional. The question before the Senate wasn't whether it should be dismissed on jurisdictional grounds. And it certainly wasn't based on the question of whether it should be uh, dropped on jurisdictional grounds, even though the Senate has the constitutional authority to proceed, although it need not. So that question was never posed to the Senate. Let's move on. Article 1, Section 2 of the Constitution gives the House the sole power of impeachment, quote-unquote. And Section 3 gives the Senate the sole power to try all impeachments, quote-unquote. At the time the Constitution was adopted, there was meaningful debate over whether impeachment encompassed so-called late impeachments, that is, after the person had left office. He goes on. And by the way, what did the meaningful debate conclude, Ted? It concluded that impeachment does not have to substitute for indictment, that is, for criminal violations. It certainly presents no information, not a syllable of information, that supports the idea that a private citizen formerly a public official, according to Ted, can be impeached and tried by the Senate while a citizen. Can you imagine, ladies and gentlemen? And I know my friend Ted is very, very bright. I'm sure he's heard of bills of attainder. They are specifically unconstitutional. But let's move on. The British common law, which informed the understanding of the founders, suggests that the better answer is yes. The British common law was considered by the founders, but not embraced by the founders. In fact, some of the language that was used in British common law was adopted. Some of it was specifically rejected. Diverting to British common law in this respect adds absolutely nothing to the debate. Nothing. Zero. You have to go there and discuss it extensively, and I've read it extensively, if you wish to make the argument that the Senate, wait, that the House can impeach a private citizen and the Senate can try a private citizen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we textualists and originalists, we don't, we don't need to chase tales here. Talks about the president. Talks about removal and perhaps the prevention from seeking future office. The language of the Constitution 
And the discussion at the Constitutional Convention supports none of this. He says, in the 18th century, there were two English impeachments of note. Lord Chancellor Macclesfield in 1725 and India's Governor General Warren Hastings. That was famous, the Hastings trial, which extended from uh, 1787 to 1795. Both were late impeachments after they had left office. So what? Shortly after the founding, a third British impeachment occurred. Lord Melville in 1806, his impeachment also occurred after he left office. So what? The, the, the framers of the Constitution, ladies and gentlemen, they weren't drones who just sat there and said, you know, we're going to adopt everything the British did. Quite the contrary. We don't have a parliament, do we? We have a completely different kind of judiciary, don't we? We actually have a constitution. They don't have a constitution, right? So they would embrace what they thought was smart from the British or what they thought was smart from, from the ancients. They read Aristotle and Cicero. They read Sidney. They told us what they did. They told us exactly what they did. You don't have to read tea leaves. And while it's true they looked at British common law and impeachment, they didn't adopt it. They adopted certain phrases and so forth. But there's nothing in our written document and nothing in our history, nothing at the Constitutional Convention that even suggests that the House can impeach a private citizen after they've left office, and the Senate can try a private citizen after they've left office, and it's never been done when it comes to the President of the United States. He says, to be sure, there's textual ambiguity on the question of whether impeachments of a former president are constitutional. To be sure, I don't think there are. One could look to other provisions of the Constitution. You see, now we got, we looked at British common law, Mr. Producer, and now we're looking to other provisions of the Constitution. One could look to other provisions of the Constitution, such as Article 2, Section 4's reference to the president, not a president. Ted, really? And that same section's language that says an impeached individual who's convicted shall be removed from office and conclude in good faith that the late impeachments are not permissible. No, I don't conclude in good faith. I conclude in good faith and unequivocally. However, given the historical underpinnings and the Constitution's broad textual commitment, sole power, okay, all right. I don't want to create any embarrassing situation here. I really don't. I really don't. Sole power doesn't mean plenary power. Sole power means you still have to comply with the language of the Constitution. Sole power means the House has sole power of impeachment as opposed to, say, the Senate, as opposed to, say, the judiciary as opposed to, say, the president against other branches. That's what sole power means. It doesn't mean plenary power. They don't say plenary power. I believe the best reading of the Constitution is that the Senate retains jurisdiction. The president is no longer president. He's left office, so he can't be removed, but the Senate retains jurisdiction? This is where you have to go, ladies and gentlemen. This is where you have to go 
if you want to embrace this idea that the Senate has the power to chase down a former official, now a private citizen. Importantly, there are two types of jurisdiction. He says mandatory and discretionary. Well, this is neither mandatory nor discretionary. There's no jurisdiction. Zero. With mandatory jurisdiction, the tribunal must hear the case. With discretionary jurisdiction, the tribunal can decide whether to exercise its legal authority to hear the case. For example, the vast majority of the Supreme Court's case, this has nothing to do with the Supreme Court's caseload. For example, the vast majority of the Supreme Court's caseload arises on discretionary jurisdiction, has the authority to hear most cases, but doesn't have to. And nothing in the Constitution makes the Senate's impeachment jurisdiction mandatory. Sole power means sole power. The Senate can decide whether they hear the case. And here we go to La La Land. Here we go to La La Land. There's several errors in this piece. There's several diversions in this piece. I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it as it is. I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it as it is. And so what Ted is doing here is he's saying, well, of course, it's a close question, but I come down on the side that the Senate can, in fact, hold a trial on a private citizen who was once a public official or president. In fact, he takes it further. They can be impeached for high crimes and misdemeanors, Mr. Producer. After the fact. They can be impeached for high crimes and misdemeanors. Then the matter is sent to the Senate, and they can have a trial on whether to remove him from office. Well, he's already out. But to ban him forever from ever serving in office again. Ladies and gentlemen, if Ted's right and I'm wrong, where's the specific language in Madison's notes? The best information we have on what took place in the Constitutional Convention supporting Ted's position. Where is it? It's nowhere. How about the commentary by three and especially two of the most prominent individuals, the delegates, Hamilton and Madison and, of course, Jay? There's nothing in there that supports it. Nothing. Not a word. Not a word. And here we are. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844. To teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today 
at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. I don't know. I don't know why people say what they say or write what they write. They believe it, obviously. I have a friend of mine, probably not anymore. He's quite the leftist, and he writes me and he says, you know, it's clear that Donald Trump didn't care if any lives were lost at that. I said, finally, finally, you're a hack. You're a liberal hack. Don't even bother me anymore. Don't even bother me anymore. It's just incredible. And they will forgive Antifa, and they will forgive Black Lives Matter, and they will forgive anything they have to forgive. I'm just telling you, this is a, a percentage of the left. An individual who I thought was intelligent, you know, cerebral, still liberal, but apparently not. Just knee-jerk. You don't care if somebody dies? Have I ever said that about a liberal? Have I ever said that about a Democrat public official, Mr. Bidu, ever? And this is what the guy says. So I'm not wasting my time with this guy anymore. It's just unbelievable. When we come back, I have mail, by the way. When we come back, we only have a few minutes left here. I want to walk through. I want to get to other stuff, but I want to walk through this impeachment stuff. In the meantime, I want to bring up Mark Cuban. Now, I know that uh, these NBA stadiums aren't full because of uh, local and state rules. But there is no way you could ever get me to pay for a ticket to go to a basketball t- game that involves the Mavericks because they're owned by Mark Cuban. I have never understood this fascination with Mark Cuban. Have you noticed conservatives and people on Fox and elsewhere, they embrace this guy? Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? They have a laugh-a-rama with this guy. Maybe Mark Cuban is not aware that only in America can a jackass like him be worth $4 billion. Only in America, you jerk. You jerk. What's that other show they have? Tell me, Mr. Producer. I know you like it. Tell me anyway. What's it called? Shark Tank. Shark Tank is good despite Mark Cuban. Who's the ball guy? He's the funny guy. Mr. Wonderful. Kevin O'Leary makes that show, period. If he wasn't there, there'd be no show. Mark Cuban sits on the end with that constipated Jake Tapper look on his face. He contributes nothing, this jerk. But he's a great patriot, America. He's done so many great things. Here's a guy who lives in the lap of luxury. Unimaginable wealth. But he on his own pulls the national anthem. Why? He's down for the revolution. That's why. What a schmuck. I'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things. And it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. 
We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. conservative fire the mark levin show call in now at 877-381-3811 all right let's begin so out in the open day after day night after night long before the election long before january 6th president trump was plotting and conspiring to incite an insurrection in broad daylight, in front of millions and millions of Americans. But we just didn't realize it, you see. So the Democrats want to make sure, the House managers and the media, that now we understand. Now, they didn't tell us this at the time, of course. There were no impeachment articles drawn up in August or September or October. No, no, no. So this was happening, you see. We just didn't realize it. We weren't listening carefully enough. What idiocy. I would call this a kangaroo court, but I like kangaroos. I'm sure Chinese Xi is, uh, is thrilled by what he's watching. Let's go over this again. You cannot impeach or try a private citizen. There's no support for that in the Constitution, in Madison's notes, in the Federalist Papers, or any other document. None. You can look at British common law. You can look at uh, German common law. Has nothing to do with it. There's no Chief Justice of the United States sitting as the presiding officer. No power to prohibit former President Trump from running again. It's a rogue impeachment that violated every notion of justice since the Enlightenment. No due process, no hearing, no evidence, no witness, no cross-examination, nothing. It's the French Revolution. All they need is to bring a guillotine to the Senate. They don't need to waste all these numbers a day. Just send out the Capitol Police for, bring Donald Trump from Mar-a-Lago to the Senate floor, and use the guillotine. Effectively, that's what they're trying to do. The Constitution has essentially been rewritten by this Senate to penalize a single citizen, Donald Trump. That's an unconstitutional bill of attainer that is not written about by either... Chuck Cooper the other day, or Ted Cruz today. These senators as a whole make up the worst Senate since the 1960s or the early 70s when Joe Biden was palling around and befriending segregationists from the South. 
There's not an American court in this land. I don't care if it's an Obama judge. I don't care who it is. That would have allowed any of those videos of the rioting, of the mayhem, to be admissible in a court. Now, why? And the same applies here. Why would you do that? Because it has nothing to do with the relevance of the man who is said to be on trial. It's inflammatory. It has nothing to do with any evidence, specific or detailed or otherwise, relating to the conduct of the President of the United States in terms of the violence that took place on Capitol Hill. So videos of that kind would never be admissible. What you've proven is that there was a riot, a violent riot, an attack on the Capitol, that the individuals in the video were the criminals who did it. That's what they've demonstrated. We already knew this. That's all they demonstrated. They showed affidavits signed by defendants in criminal cases now that have been brought where their lawyers write it up and they sign it blaming the president for their alleged crimes. They knew the president wanted them to do these crimes. That's what they took his words to mean. That's not admissible. That proves nothing. Everyone knows it's BS. Every judge is going to know that's BS. That has no effect on the innocence or guilt or evidence, for that matter, relating to the president. Period. And yet it's allowed in this chamber, this star chamber. And they go back. President Trump's allegations of fraud and stolen election and went on and on and on. Oh, my God. He tweeted this and he said that. Can you believe it? That has absolutely no legal relevance either, whatsoever. That's inadmissible. What does that demonstrate? Well, uh, he was mobilizing. You don't have any facts that he mobilized anybody to do anything. You haven't presented a single shred of evidence tying the President of the United States to that riot. You don't have a single shred of evidence tying the President of the United States to incitement. You don't have a single shred of evidence that the President of the United States was behind an insurrection. Nothing. You have public video. You have public affidavits. You have public social media. You presented us with nothing. Absolutely nothing. And if allegations of fraud in an election or a stolen election or evidence of inciting an insurrection or inciting a riot, you would have to take crime tape and wrap the entire Congress with it because every one of these damn bastards would be guilty of it. In fact... You'd have to go to Westchester, New York, and bring out Broomhilda, too. Because we've now learned from Ted and others that you can actually impeach and try a former official. Who better to impeach and try then than Hillary Clinton, former Secretary of State? Right? Now, the House managers are a bizarre group. One of them slept with a Chinese spy, still sits on the Senate Intelligence Committee, it was making the case for trying Donald Trump. President Xi of China must be pleased. 
Swalwell, directly or indirectly, doing his handiwork. Then we have this guy, Raskin. Raskin. The head manager, the lead manager. Oh, it's precious to have Raskin there since he's challenged certifications in past elections himself before. Did you know that? But that's okay. It's Washington. It's the Congress. Democrats do whatever they want and Republicans roll over. Now, what's missing? After all the video, all the graphics, all the speeches by the House managers, what's missing? Evidence. After all this time, all these resources, all the money that the House has, the Senate has, the Democrats have, the media have. Evidence. There's not even a smoking gun. Where's the information? There's no evidence of incitement or trying to, you know, create a riot situation or let alone an insurrection. In fact... The evidence that does exist is utterly exculpatory. What do you mean, Mark? The former president made available to authorities in Washington in early January is the public statement to Mark Meadows, and it could be checked by anybody, 10,000 National Guardsmen to protect the city. The city chose not to use them. McConnell and Pelosi apparently chose not to use them. For whatever reason. So as I underscored yesterday, we are to believe that the President, Trump, mobilized and incited an insurrection against the very National Guardsmen who he made available to protect the city. Now, this is my second day raising this point, and I haven't seen it reported once by these so-called newsrooms. Because it's utterly irrational. The entire argument that's being made by the Democrats makes no sense. What are the evidence that these militant groups, where is it? What are the evidence that these militant groups were placing their, were planning their attack well before the president spoke on January 6th? Well, that doesn't mean anything, you see, because for months and months and months he was talking about a, a stolen election and so forth. So, you know, blah, 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 blah. Of course it does, because at first they said it was spontaneous. Now they've changed their position. It's been going on for months in full public view, right in front of our faces. We just didn't know that the president was inciting an insurrection. What are the evidence that the FBI and law enforcement knew of pre-planning They did nothing effective anyway. Or the sergeant of arms of the House and the Senate, who report to Pelosi and McConnell respectively. What about him and them and the chief of the police that told them, you better bring in the National Guard, this looks big, and they didn't. Why didn't Pelosi and McConnell act? Were they not told? Now let's deal with this argument that President Trump raised questions about the election well before January 6th attack. This is a sleazy, slip-and-fall lawyer effort to say, wait a minute, we know that there was pre-planning. But that's also on Trump, you see, because he was, he was mobilizing earlier than we could possibly realize, you see. I have a question for you. 
They say he was trying to undermine the legitimacy of the election for months. Tell me, who raised questions about the ability of the United States Post Office to handle massive mail-in voting, Mr. Producer? Who raised that question? The Democrats. The Democrats. They said that Donald Trump was purposely cutting back funding for the post office, and they understood that there were actually mailboxes being moved out of minority areas, so to make it more difficult for Democrats to vote. Just in case Trump won, quote-unquote, they wanted to be able to say what? The fix was in, right? Oh, he was cutting funds to the post office. Meanwhile, none of that happened. Oh, they're underserving the, uh, the Democrat areas. Remember that? All kinds of conspiracy theories. What was that intended to do, ladies and gentlemen? That was intended to raise serious questions should Donald Trump be president of the United States about the legitimacy of the election and him as a re-elected president. Who brought that up? The Democrats brought that up. They were already talking about voter suppression, not just LeBron James, but the Democrats. Long lines in Democrat neighborhoods, the lack of polling places in minority neighborhoods, that's intentional, that's intentional in order to suppress the vote. We didn't hear about that after the election. But why did they bring that up? To delegitimize the November election should Donald Trump win, that's why. I see. And keep in mind, this, is, this was done even after four years of the Russia collusion lies, criminal investigation, House investigation, on and on and on. On and on and on. Now, I want to give you an example. People have asked me, okay, give me an example of incitement. I'm going to give you an example of language that you can consider incitement. That's at least closer to the mark, okay? Closer to the mark. Something like, I want to tell you, Pelosi, I want to tell you, Schumer, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Can you imagine if Donald Trump had said that? I don't think they'd want to hear anything else in the Senate, do you? No. But Chuck Schumer said that. He said it in March of 2020. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. It was so bad that the Chief Justice of the United States refused to show up for this sham trial, issued a statement admonishing Schumer. Can you imagine if Donald Trump had said that on Election Day? Excuse me, on January 6th? And there was a mob that formed at the Supreme Court, and there was a mob banging on their 13-foot-high bronze door. And there were mobs assembled by Schumer and the Democrats during the Kavanaugh hearings to disrupt the hearings, to get in the faces of United States senators in the elevators. Whatever happened to the ethics complaint filed against Chuck Schumer? Meanwhile, Chuck Schumer is a juror in the unconstitutional case 
against citizen Trump. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. I will be on Hannity tonight on the Fox News Channel, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Please don't miss it. And I'm going to use among all the arguments you hear, two that were just sent to me from a dear friend of mine, Aisa. That's all I'll say. Great lawyer. Two brilliant points. In a moment. Why haven't the House managers played the endless clips in front of the Senate? Of all the times Donald Trump said... He supports law and order. How come they didn't play those clips? We're over and over and over again. He supports law and order. Of course, Biden didn't and doesn't. And then this question. Why would Donald Trump wait to lead an insurrection on January 6th? Well, Mark, they were, they were counting the certified electors. Whoa, 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 whoa. The reason they were there on January 6th was to peacefully protest. They were waiting for this legitimate process, but they wanted to peacefully protest, and they wanted issues to be raised in a constitutional way on the floor of the House and the Senate. If you're going to lead an insurrection, you don't need to wait till January 6th when they're counting electors. Why not attack on January 5th? Why not attack on November 5th? Why not attack on January 1? You're going to lead an insurrection. Why are you waiting to January 6? Well, to disrupt the count. No, no, it's an insurrection. It's not intended to disrupt the count. It's intended to take over the government. Right, Mr. Producer? Why would you wait till January 6th? Brilliant point. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. 
while Sacco and Vansetti, a.k.a. Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough. Between them, their IQ is in negative territory. It's okay. May I say, and I say this with all due respect, you know, we are attacked all the time. You are attacked all the time. Trump supporters, Reagan supporters, Tea Party activists. Let me, let me try it on them. Brzezinski and Scarborough, Sacco and Vansetti, have a negative IQ just like their audience does. I mean, you really have to be a stupid person to watch that program, don't you think, Mr. Producer? Maybe they're neo-Nazis. You think they're neo-Nazis? You never know. You never know. Well, maybe not neo-Nazis. I mean, the North Korean generals love that show. They get a real laugh out of it. Maybe neo-Marxists? I don't know. But here they are on MSLST today demonstrating they're very, very... uh... Anyway, go ahead. Cut three. They came because of Trump, and everybody knows it. Move on, they say. Everybody knows. Everybody knows they came because of Trump. There's a report by CNN of all places. They started to look into the voting patterns in some of these criminals, Mr. Producer. Several of them didn't vote. How do we know they didn't come because of Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski? How do we know Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski? And MSLSC didn't incite the nut jobs. How do we know that? How do we know Pelosi didn't incite the nut jobs? You know what was interesting? It's painful, but when you heard some of the video that the Democrats were playing in the Senate, and the attacks on the cops, you heard that, Mr. Producer? They sounded more like Nancy Pelosi to me. Stormtroopers and stormtroopers and federal law enforcement's inciting the violence. I mean, the criminals, the violent criminals at the Capitol building, I thought they were regurgitating what they heard from Clyburn and Pelosi. And the conga line of morons, misfits, miscreants, and malcontents that are dressed up as hosts and journalists on MSNBC and CNN. Sounded just like them. Go ahead. Why these people were there desecrating the people's house, ruining things, hurting people, murdering people, maiming people, and using the American flag as a weapon. They were doing it for Trump. And the frustrating... No, no. They weren't doing it for Trump. Isn't it funny when you actually have neo-Nazis and white supremacists, they don't call them neo-Nazis and white supremacists, Mr. Mr. Producer? They're all there for Trump. Trump made them do this. Trump told them to do this. I am telling you that the fascistic mindset that has settled in on the elites in this country is shocking. Shocking. Go ahead. This has to be explained explicitly to Republicans and they turn away. They can't make this math themselves. Yeah, it's not stupidity. I'm sorry. What is it? It's something way worse. This is is evil. If you can't see what happened. So Republicans are evil. There's the drama queen. You notice they do a lot of crying. They do a lot of crying. Only certain riots, only certain deaths. Only certain types of arson and all the rest cause them to get emotional. Otherwise, it's move on, move on. 
I don't know anybody who doesn't think that the perpetrators should be tracked down and prosecuted. I don't know anybody who thinks that. I don't know anybody who thinks we should give to some bail reform organization and let them out the back door. Not on our side. I don't know anybody who thinks that. I don't know anyone who thinks that. Our problem, Joe and Mika, is the way that you smear everybody. Everybody. Trump supporters. The Trump mob. And when you do something like this, you demonstrate a totalitarian inclination, mindset. That's the problem. I know you don't get it, but that's the problem. And you have no evidence whatsoever. You all know it, that Trump incited anything. I've gone through this now for days. For days. Cut four, go. Lindsey Graham saying, let's move on from cop killers. Marco Rubio yesterday posting a video saying, let's talk about anything else but this. Let's move on. Marco wants us to move on from cop killers. Cop killers? Hold on. Were there cop killers, Mr. Producer? I thought CNN said that their earlier reporting wasn't accurate. They didn't put it that way, but they had a second or subsequent report that said it's not clear how that officer died. We know one officer committed suicide. We don't know why he committed suicide. There's certainly no defense, but if you're going to accuse people of cop killers, I would say to Joe Scarborough, who's been charged for killing cops on Capitol Hill? So far, nobody. And that CNN article said that they really can't make a case because they, they don't feel at this time that that officer died from being hit on the head with a fire extinguisher. They're not sure how he died, but that wasn't... That wasn't the cause, according to CNN. So who are the cop killers? So here we have Donald Trump spends months talking about law and order. He's endorsed by various police organizations. And now you see Donald Trump is in charge of cop killers. This shows you how truly stupid Joe Scarborough is. How truly pathetic he is. And I might add Comcast for running such a such a disgusting program. But he's not the only one. The, the media think they have this all figured out. The media, which in my view has incited violence and hatred and division, and is still doing it. Still doing it. In fact, it is celebrated violence, depending on who you are and what you're doing. So Don Lemon plays the Democrat video, and then this, cut five, go. Blue lives matter, huh? Law and order. Law and order. Don't you you despise this clown? So all of us who support police officers, and I have my entire life, there have been members of my family that work for the Philadelphia Police Department. Now you're all hypocrites. You're all hypocrites because of what those criminals did at the Capitol. You're all to blame. You're all guilty. This again, this fascistic slash totalitarian mindset, this is where they are. They hate you anyway. They hate you anyway. Now all of a sudden they love cops. Now this is CNN, which is owned by AT&T. 
Mark, what can we do? I just told you they're owned by AT&T and the other one's owned by Comcast. You know what you can do. You can tell them to shove it and stop paying them. Why do you think I didn't watch the Super Bowl? Why do you think I'm not going to watch the Dallas Mavericks? And that's Slob and his team. Go ahead. Respect law enforcement. Why don't you just... We do, you ass. And we still do. And we want the people who attack that line, that blue line, to be prosecuted. And we want Black Lives Matter, when they attack the cops, to be prosecuted. And we want Antifa, when they attack the cops, to be prosecuted. Got it, dummy? It's called consistency. It's called morality. You jerk. Go ahead. Don't you dare even... Ah, shut up, you idiot. Lecture us. Lectured from the, uh, from the bowels of CNN and MSNBC and the rest. Then there's this Jamie Raskin. Does anybody remember Jamie Raskin leading the charge against the violence that took place in our cities? He's the leader of the House Democrats in the impeachment. Has anybody asked Jamie Raskin what Nancy Pelosi knew and when she knew it from her sergeant of arms? He's not interested in finding out. Why is that? The chief of the Capitol Police says, I told the sergeant of arms, I told him we're going to need the National Guard. It's getting big out there. He says it went nowhere. Then he goes to the other sergeant of arms at the recommendation of Pelosi's sergeant of arms over on the McConnell side, and that guy doesn't do anything. Jamie Raskin want to know about it? No, he doesn't want to know a damn thing. What happened to the video? All the video of the President of the United States saying he supports law enforcement over and over and over again, backing law enforcement, law enforcement backing the President. Where was that video in the Senate today? Oh, it disappeared like 18 seconds of the Nixon tapes. God, what video are you talking about? We don't know what you mean. Then this clown from Rhode Island with his cornrow in his forehead, what's his name, Cicilloni or something or other? I love these guys that put the cornrows on their foreheads. You know, Biden did it, Schumer did it, now Cicilline or whatever the hell his name is. He's a sleazeball extraordinaire. Sleazeball. Going on and on. What is he complaining about? Oh, listen, this started a long time ago. Long time ago. You can't... You can't just look at the speech on January 6th. This was going on for days. president was mobilizing. You heard Liz Cheney mobilizing. They were getting ready. They were getting ready for an insurrection. And the president said, steal the vote. And he's going on about fraud and all kinds of things that took place. Play the tape. And then he played the tape. Oh, play the video. And then he played the video. Okay. Play the tape in the video of you and your colleagues going on and on about the postal system. Remember that? Mailboxes were, in the middle of the night, were being removed. Remember that, Mr. Producer? Mailboxes being removed from minority neighborhoods and Democrat neighborhoods and not enough precincts in Democrat neighborhoods, particularly black neighborhoods. And LeBron James, he was very angry about this, even though the local officials in Atlanta and elsewhere decide where the precincts are. No, it doesn't matter. White privilege, Trump privilege, white supremacy. 
So they were laying the foundation to delegitimize this election as they laid the foundation to delegitimize the 2016 election. And wow, you never heard a word about the post office afterward. The riots didn't occur. Nothing. What happened? We know what happened. The narcissists who were behind all this crap spoke the time. We read it to you on the air. Because they can't keep a secret. They're so excited about what they did. So this guy Cicilline from Rhode Island, does he play any of that? Of course not. Well, whatever happened to exculpatory information? Is it the prosecution? No. You don't understand, Mark. This isn't a criminal trial. No, I know that. It's not a civil trial. No, I got that. What the hell is it? What is this? What is this? I'll tell you what it is. This gives a kangaroo court a bad name. Representative Jamie Raskin, who objected in the recent past to the certification of electors for Donald Trump. Cut six, go. Trials are public events in a democracy, and no trial is more public or significant than an impeachment trial. Because the insurrection brought shocking violence, bloodshed, and pain in the nation's capital, And we will be showing relevant clips of the mob's attack on police officers and other innocent people. We do urge parents and teachers to exercise close review of what young people are watching here. Oh, okay, thanks. We've all seen it. It was all in the news. And so this is a slick production to show us film of the attack on the Capitol building. What does that have to do with any of this? You're trying an individual human being without any rules of evidence, without any rules at all. You're introducing stuff that would never be allowed in a courtroom because it's it's all hype. It's It's all aimed at emotion. Not that the violence is hype, but that it has nothing to do with the individual you're trying to destroy. Let me prove it to you. Washington Post, New York Times, Jamie Raskin, and all the rest. Tomorrow, will you present the American people with the text, with the email, with the phone call, with a public statement that actually shows Donald Trump conspiring with any of these groups or any of these individuals for the purpose of creating incitement? Would you please show it to us? Stop projecting. Stop giving us your opinions. Stop emoting. Stop with your own psychological obsessions. I've asked you a question, a legitimate question. Just one sentence. One sentence. That's all. You don't have any. You don't have anything. It's innuendo. It's the worst kind of crap that you can do to another human being. The whole thing is a sham. The existence of this trial is a sham. The impeachment was a sham. Why do you think they rushed it through? Why do you think they're conducting a trial this way? Why do you think they're doing all the things you need to do to make sure actual evidence is never presented? I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Oh. 
Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. You know, Basically, this this despicable show in the Senate, it's very repetitive. One after another, they get up and make the same allegation, same allegation, same allegation. It's like a lawyer making a closing argument without evidence. In which case, the lawyer can't make a closing argument without evidence. I just hope the Republican senators are smart enough to figure this out. Some of them, unfortunately, are quite stupid, and some of them, unfortunately, are over the top. You look at Ben Sass. You look at Mitt Romney. You look at this guy from uh, Louisiana, not Kennedy, the other guy. Cassidy. Well, you know, I was convinced the other guys just made a better argument. Let me tell you something, Cassidy. That's not what your vote is to be based on. And let me tell you something, McConnell. Everybody's got to vote based on their own conscience. Did you see that leak in Politico, Mr. Producer? McConnell said he's told his members to go ahead and vote their own conscience. Like, in the past, they haven't voted their own conscience? That's not your job either, to vote your own conscience. Your job as a juror is to listen to the facts, to discern what the facts actually are. And if you're handed a A pot full of crap, you don't call it Cheerios. It's to discern the truth from falsity. And then apply it to the law, in this case the Constitution. Now number one, 44 Republicans voted that this is unconstitutional. So what should they be doing now, Mr. Producer? They should be sitting there basically eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Because no matter what is said... And what is being said is BS. But no matter what is said, it doesn't matter. You're sitting on an unconstitutional jury. The Senate does not have jurisdiction. I don't care what the British Parliament said in 1725. And neither did the framers very much care about what they said either. I'll be right back. American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. Bill in New Jersey must be south part of New Jersey. The great WPHT, our Philadelphia station. How are you? 
Yes, Mark. How you doing? Thanks for okay. taking my call. Yeah, you're from yeah. Uh, you're from South Philly. Where are you from? Well, no, born South Philly. Yeah, Camden County. But I can tell Camden you were County. born in South Philly. How's that? I can tell <laughs> okay. you. I can tell you. Go ahead. Sure. All righty. Yeah. So my main concern is how would the sham trial that they're doing, the Democrats, how can they possibly can continue it without nobody just stopping them? And why do the Republicans get together and just boycott this? Say this is over. You can't do it. You have no evidence. Well, stop. first of all, they can't stop them. I mean, who's going to stop them? Uh, they're they're in the majority. In terms of boycotting, I'm of two minds on that. First of all, do you actually think all the Republicans would walk out? That's the problem with the Republicans. The Republicans are like the Vichy French. Do you understand what I mean? Right. They run in every direction. The Democrats, mm-hmm. you know, they're like good Germans. They line up and they won't be moved. So here we are. So your idea may be fine, but it ain't going to happen. And... uh and I'm not sure it should happen. What should happen is, in the course, at the end, in the course of this activity, well, you know what, sir? You make a good point. I would walk out of there. i put out a statement. I'd say why it's unconstitutional, why this is a sham, why I've sat here and I listened to enough, and, I, and I'm leaving. I don't want to be a juror to this sham. You know what? I agree with you. Well, you said they should walk out of mass. They're not going to do that. Well... They, but they can't just continue and continue of letting it go by. Well, they are then, going to let it continue, continue, and let it go by. Uh, it's Do you have any indication otherwise? I see what's going on, and I see what they're trying to do to America. And they're not true Americans because of their justification of what they're trying Listen to do. Listen to me. Away. Do you know there was a piece in Politico, uh, I think it was last night or this morning, sir, where Mitch McConnell is telling people, vote your conscious, and he's not sure how he's going to vote? That's the Republican leader, the longest-serving Republican leader in the Senate. you believe this? What, in the future, what do you think is going to happen if they get to take over everything and let anybody in the They have taken over everything, sir. Just... Joe Biden's now on 53 executive orders and executive actions. We've never seen anything like this in American history. Does he know what he's signing? Yeah, he knows what he's signing. All right, sir. Thank you for your uh, call. Very edifying. Do we have another caller, Mr. Producer? Yeah. And where? WABC, Joe in Massachusetts. How are you, sir? Oh, good evening, Mark. Uh, Great to talk to you. A couple things. Um, By the way, you know what's uh, fascinating about this show to me? Seriously. Now, you're a guy, I could tell he was born in South Philly. I can tell you from Massachusetts. It's very cool. Next, we'll get a caller from, you know, South Carolina or something. It's a big damn show. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm, I grew up in Boston. Anyway, Mark, um, as this, this uh, trial goes on and the 53 executive orders, the, the Democratic Party and the Rhino um, Republican Party are going to shrink and shrink and shrink. And the Trump Republican pro-America party is going to grow and grow, and the tent is going to get bigger and bigger. Well, and what party is that? The Republican Party. The Rhino. So party- you're saying the, Rep- the, the, the Trump part of the Republican Party will grow while the McConnell part will uh, shrink? Shrink. They'll go the way of the Green Party. 
But here, I'm not sure of that, and here's why. They seem to control the money sources. They seem to, they seem to weasel into the uh, powerful positions in Washington, D.C. You know, we've had, as I explained the other day, we've had a number of runs against the uh, Republican establishment. Whether it was Goldwater, later Reagan, who was enormously successful, but then they wind up with Bush. The Tea Party in 2010, which they used to get the majority in the House and a significant pickup in the Senate and then turned on and try and crushed. Then they rode Trump's coattails into near-majority status in the House and 50-50 in the Senate, where we expected to lose a number more seats. And look at them. They, they survived like cockroaches. Like cockroaches after a nuclear war. There they are. There's the cockroaches. They're still there. I understand, but, okay, 74 million voted for Trump. Next time around, whether it's Trump... But they weren't all just Trump. Some of them were, you know, establishment uh, Republicans who wanted to defeat the Democrats, too. But we're going to have 95 million in that pro-America Trump Republican... Well, I don't think we'll have 95 million. I don't know where those votes are coming from. 10 million. By the way, why are you still in Massachusetts? That were born and raised, you know, I, um, Yeah, I was born and raised in Philly. I'm not there. Well, I, well, I live in Quincy. Quincy's a very nice city, uh, you know, home of the, the Adams and the Hancocks. And, yeah, I know. We all have to reach back that far when we come out of these cities. New York, Hamilton, Philadelphia, Franklin, and so forth, Boston, so many great men, but not anymore. Yeah. Yeah, but in the summer we got Cape Cod, and you know you can't beat Cape Cod. You got the you got the great whites down in Chatham. You know you can go. Yeah, those great whites, boy! I tell you what, those surfers out there are about as stupid as they come. They're chum, don't they know it? You the great whites off of a Cape Cod—that's unbelievable. When I see those pictures, I go, "Holy mackerel!" I'm never going in the ocean again. The fascinating creatures. Yeah. I know I'm going to say something that's going to get me in trouble, but the fewer of them, the better. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. But wouldn't you rather have more great whites and less Democrats? Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Now, you just said that, so you'll be called a white supremacist. You understand that? <laughs> All right, my friend. You got a good sense of humor. I appreciate it. But he makes a good point. You know, this is your home. Why the hell should you have to leave it? And yet many do, because it's just intolerable. The taxes, the crime, the schools. It's amazing. You don't see people in red states trying to escape the blue states, do you, America? You don't see people in the suburbs trying to escape to the cities, do you? Some of them do and gentrify them, but on the whole, no. Maybe one day somebody will write a book about that. Why is it that when people can get up and move, and I'm talking about white, minorities, women, what have you, do they move to red states and red areas? They don't flee to New York City. They don't flee to Minneapolis. They're not fleeing to California, unless they're fleeing from south of the border. But seriously, that's why they want to nationalize all this stuff, so you have nowhere to go. You go to Florida, it won't matter. You go to Tennessee, it won't matter. You go to South Dakota, it won't matter. This is the minimum wage. This is the health care system. This is our immigration policy. This is what we're doing in our schools, whether you like it or not. And people who are in the cities, particularly minorities, who, who want to go to the suburbs, because the suburbs are more diverse than they've ever been. They're very diverse. 
most suburban areas, the inner suburban areas outside the cities are over 40% diverse, over 40% minority. They're more diverse than the cities. They're more diverse than the outer suburbs. So what do the Democrats want to do? Gobble them up. Gobble them up. Why? So people know where to go. So mobility doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what your state is. It just doesn't matter. We're going to make it all California. We're going to make it all New York. We're going to make it all New Jersey. And we're going to impose our will. That's the way it is. As soon as the, I'll give you an example, my state of Virginia. The Democrats have a nothing majority in the Senate. I think it's like a one vote majority in our Senate, Mr. Producer. And they have like a four or five vote majority in the Assembly. So they just got it, and it's minuscule. They're ramming through every radical abortion law they can, every radical gun law they can. They're about to make capital punishment in Virginia illegal. One of the reasons I moved to Virginia is because I wanted nothing to do with Maryland or the District of Columbia. They didn't have a, excuse me, they didn't have a death penalty or anything like that. Virginia's becoming them. Why? Because the Democrats come in, they have a blueprint, and they go right down the list, and they want to turn every one of these purple states hardcore blue, and they put in exactly the same kind of policies that don't work, that destroy people's lives, destroy economies, destroy neighborhoods. They do exactly the same thing even with tiny majorities for just a year or two, and they want to make sure they have massive majorities for the rest of time. You know, California is a perfect example. We had Republican governor after Republican governor in California. You had Republican legislatures in California. George H.W. Bush won the electoral vote, won the popular vote in California. You believe that? 1989. 30 short years ago, the Democrats got in, and they did everything they could, like the Democrats are trying to do on the national scene now. This is what Pelosi knows. This is what Harris knows. This is what they know. To change the way we govern, to change the levers of power, to change the institutions, to flip the state. Now, some of you are too young to know this, but in 1988... The last year of the Reagan second term as presidency. There were stories coming out saying, will the Democrats ever win the presidency again? Now, why were they writing that? Because the Republicans had a lock on California. They had a lock on Texas. They had a lock on Florida. They had a lock on Ohio. And of course, these southern states were not even a debate. North Carolina... Republican. Georgia, Republican. Virginia, Republican. What else? Colorado, Republican. Arizona, Republican. And they went on and on, these articles, and they said, the Democrats will never win the presidency, not in our lifetimes. So what did the Democrats do? They said, oh, yes, we will. What did they do? What did they do this last election that you're not allowed to talk about? They changed the election laws in key states. Some of you are focused on the machines. Stop with the machines. Focus on what they've done, because they're doing it again. It worked in California. They're actually doing it right now in Texas. Oh, no, they aren't. We have a Republican governor, Mark. 
through immigration. Why do you think, and I talked about this last week, why do you think Joe Biden wants open immigration? He doesn't want to deport people. If the new immigrants who eventually become citizens were voting three-fourths Republicans, do you think they'd want open borders? They'd be building walls so fast your, your head would spin. Your head would spin. So through immigration, they change the population, they change the voting, uh, the nature of the voters. That is, they'll vote more Democrat than Republican. They change the election laws. Why is that? So, they're, so people who now are forbidden from voting or have to show some proof and so forth, they'll vote anyway. They're never putting in place systems, whether it's immigration, whether it's voting and down the line, that are going to be, that are going to provide for more oversight. They don't do that. They do the opposite. So they're close to flipping Texas, and when that happens, it's over. But it wasn't that long ago. It was 30 years ago when there were articles out there, 30, 27, 28 years ago. Will the, Republic, will the Democrats ever take the presidency again? And they decided, we're going to change the country. We're going to change the citizenry. We're going to change the voting systems. We're going to change everything we can to empower us, to make us permanent, and to flip these states. And that's exactly what they're doing. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. figure out how to imitate Hannity so I can mock him if you know what I mean he's so proud of his imitation of me it's not hard to imitate me Mr. Producer all you have to do is do a nasal imitate right hey how are you you? that's that's his imitation that's he thinks he's rich little Uh, but he's not so I got to watch his show carefully and pick up on his uh, little antics, his little Tourette's things and so forth. And then, uh, and then do a sh- short performance of my Hannity imitation. I got to figure out what that is. I have to figure out what it is. I'll be on a show tonight, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, but I'll be watching very carefully before it's my turn. Taking notes to say, okay, he does this and he does that. And I have to do this. I'll be right back. 
from the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, while they're focusing on Donald Trump on Capitol Hill... It's very difficult to focus on what Joe Biden's doing, isn't it? But let's look at what Joe Biden isn't doing. And you parents out there who want your kids to go to school, you need to understand that you're going to get no help from Joe Biden. Joe Biden is bought and paid for by the Communist Chinese, and he's bought and paid for by the Communist Teachers Union. Jen Psaki at the White House briefing today. Cut 13, go. I could just follow up with you on comments you made yesterday about school reopenings. You said the goal was for more than 50% of schools to have some teaching in person at least one day a week. Now let's stop. 50% of the schools to have some teaching in person at least one day a week. Now, that's not a goal. That's surrender. And that's exactly what they were told by the teachers' unions, that that is what they would tolerate. So that's Joe Biden's position. Go ahead. Hoped it would be higher. But why is the administration setting the bar at one day a week? Why not go higher? Well, certainly we are not uh, planning to uh, celebrate at 100 days if we reach that goal. Uh, That is our own effort to make our own, set our own markings, bold and and set an bold and ambitious agenda for how we're going to. Wow, a bold and ambitious agenda. Now, they want to give the unions a quarter of a trillion dollars on top of over 60, a quarter of a, yeah, uh, uh, on top of over 60 billion. And for that, you're going to get a bold and ambition agenda. Um, Hopefully in three and a half months, your kids can go to school one day a week. You parents getting sick and tired of Joe Biden yet? Go ahead. Ourselves and progress. But uh, we certainly hope to build from that, even at 100 days. And from there, our objective, the president's objectives, is for all schools to reopen, to stay open, uh, to be open five days a week, for kids to be learning. That's what our focus is on. This is simply a goal for 100 days. So, Ken, a lot of schools are already doing that. And for working parents... One day a week doesn't help. Now, you see the trick? They did this with the vaccines, too. We're going to do a million, million one a day. We already are. Why are you such a uh, wet blanket? That's what we're going to. That's our plan. Now, your plan's already in place. I don't know who Welker works for. Maybe we can find out. But I'm really shocked that she's actually asking some questions. And good for her. Who is she? 
Big Lib, do we know who she works for? Russia TV or something like that? But she must have kids who aren't in school. I don't know. I have no idea. But that, that said, what is it? OMBC, yeah, no question of lip. But that said, this isn't a goal, ladies and gentlemen. Almost every school district in the nation is doing this and more. What parents are saying is, send our kids back to school full time. Teachers, you're not paid part time. You're paid full time. Not to sit in front of a computer, but to sit in a classroom. Just pretend the classroom is Walmart. Or pretend the classroom is your local supermarket or grocery store. You know, places you like to go. Follow the science. Joe Biden's not going to follow the science here, folks. He's going to follow the money. He's a power-hungry, old-time politician. That's what he is. All this talk about following the science, when it comes to our kids, they have no intention of following the science. No intention whatsoever. Really quite amazing, don't you think? Now, what about the national anthem? You know, I remember a time, wasn't that long ago, when the national anthem wasn't all that controversial. But now with critical race theory and, uh, and all the rest, it's very, very controversial, you know. So, Pasaki at the briefing again, hat tip rumble. Here's Peter Ducey. Cut 15, go. What does President Biden think about the Dallas Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban, uh, deciding to indefinitely stop playing the national anthem before his National Basketball Association games? Well, I, I haven't spoken with the president about the decision by Mark Cuban on the Dallas Mavericks, uh, or the, I should say the national anthem, but I know he's incredibly proud to be an American and has great respect for the anthem and all that it represents, especially for our men and women serving in uniform around the world. He'd also say uh, that, of course... Have you ever that heard a press secretary say, I haven't talked to the president, but he would also say, Mr. Producer? So uh, what, what's going on here? Does she put her hand behind his head and just move it every time she speaks or something? I haven't spoken to him, but I know he'd also say, of course, uh, go ahead. Pride in our country means recognizing moments where we as a country haven't lived up to our highest ideals, which is... uh, How about recognizing moments where we have? Which are many. How about recognizing moments... It's something about this Democrat Party that is so evil and diabolical. So evil and diabolical. That this country hasn't lived up to its highest ideals. It's a nation with high ideals. Most nations don't even have high ideals. And so they take the lowest common denominator as they put together their base... And now you know why I call them America haters, because that's what they are. Who thinks this way? She uses the opportunity when she's asked about Mark Cuban and the national anthem to say America hasn't always lived up to its highest ideals. America has lived up to many of its highest ideals on many occasions. And people have sacrificed their lives to do exactly that. Now, not Pasaki. No, 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 no. She's a spoiled brat, just like all these other leftists in the White House and on Capitol Hill and in the media. They haven't sacrificed a damn thing. 
Go ahead. And at times what people are uh, speaking to um, uh, when they take action at sporting events. Uh, and it means respecting the right of people granted to them. Excuse me. Excuse me, Rambler. The question was about the national anthem, if it shouldn't be played at the national basketball uh, games. And the, and the league stepped in and ordered him to do it. But look how she uses it as an opportunity to rant against her own country. To rant against her own country. And and sometimes we haven't and, and we haven't done this and you know what and we and we don't do this and we and, and we haven't done that. Unbelievable. But they'll never leave it. They'll never leave it. Ned Siegel is the chief financial officer of Twitter. Mr. Producer, you want to see if Ned Siegel wants to come on the program? The guy with the beard, he'll never come on. What the hell is his name? Jack? If you're going to have a beard, at least do something with it. I mean, the guy looks, he looks, he looks creepy. Does he not? He looks creepy. He looks like a throwback to the third century or something. You look at this guy, you say, this guy's worth $50 billion. Maybe if I bang my head against the wall enough. I can be like him, and I can be worth $50 billion, you know? But let's go to Ned Siegel. Let's hear what Ned has to say when Ned's asked about the President Trump. Will he be banned forever? Cut 17, go. One more question for you. Uh, President Trump was banned. Uh, former President Trump oh, was this banned. Is the, who, is, who is this? The CNN idiot? Oh, the CNBC idiot. Go ahead. Ran for office again and, and was elected president. Would you allow him back on the platform? So the way our policies work, when and you're I never removed... like a guy who always starts sentences with the word so. So, you know, uh, I remember 10 years ago, the word to start was, look, you know, look, uh, so, you know, so, you know, so. Go ahead. You're removed from the platform, whether you're a, a commentator, you're a CFO, or you are a former or current public official. And so, remember, our policies are designed to make sure that uh, people are not inciting violence no they're not you have a lot of people on your site that incite violence including heads of state that are genocidal maniacs including your own company your own company go ahead he does that we have to remove him from the service and our policies don't allow people to come back so no he was removed when he was president uh, and that there'd be no uh there'd be no difference for anybody who's Public officials. Tell me, Jackass, when Biden went on and on talking about attacking the president of the United States, physically attacking the president of the United States, you didn't ban him, did you? Did you ban Maxine Waters? Did you ban Chuck Schumer when he threatened members of the Supreme Court? Did you? And we can go down a long list. You're a fraud, fake phony. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. 
More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mr. Producer is going to quickly, as soon as he gets it, send me a copy of this New York Times article that I just saw. Ready for this? It's written by Michael Grinbaum, Tiffany Hsu, Katie Robertson, and Keith Collins, four of them. They have a picture of Rush, Bongino, me, and Beck. How right-wing radio stoked anger before the Capitol siege. Now keep in mind, this is a newspaper that promoted Fidel Castro. This is a newspaper that promoted Joseph Stalin. And this is a newspaper that covered up for Adolf Hitler. Who are they calling right-wing? Show hosts, shows hosted by Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, and other talk radio stars promoted debunked claims of a stolen election and urge listeners to fight back. See how this works? See how this works? Two days before a mob of Trump supporters invaded the United States Capitol, upending the nation's peaceful transition of power, and leaving at least five people dead. Folks, some people attended that event and had heart attacks and died, and other maladies and died. Five people weren't killed. The one person that was killed was one of the people who broke into the Capitol building. So here we go. Peaceful uh, and leaving at least five people dead. The right-wing radio star Glenn Beck delivered a message to his flock of 10.5 million listeners. It's time to fight. This is sick. It's time to rip and claw and rake, Mr. Beck said on his January 4 broadcast. It's time to go to war as the left went to war four years ago. Notice he said as the left went to war four years ago. Nothing in here at all about violence. A former Fox News host, Mr. Beck, had speculated for weeks about baseless claims of voter fraud in the presidential race. I don't know. Did he mention Russia collusion? I don't think so. He told listeners that Donald Trump had taught conservatives that you don't have to cower anymore. You don't have to back down when ridiculed into oblivion. You can fight back. Now, what is wrong with what he said, Rich? Not a word. Democrats not only say this, they say with Molotov cocktails. Mr. Beck did not lobby for his listeners to invade the Capitol. Oh, okay. And a day later, he heard marchers in Washington to really kind of channel your inner Martin Luther King, adding that violence is just not who we've ever been. But the language he used on his January 4 show was typical of the aggressive rhetoric that permeated conservative talk radio in the weeks before the Washington siege. So Beck didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. 
Now, I think I have the full article here. Oh, here it is. Just bear with me. You have to dissect these things. Talk radio is perhaps the most influential and under-chronicled part of right-wing media. You see, what they're saying, we kind of destroy this entity. We don't chronicle it enough. With the voices of Mr. Beck, Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, and other star hosts, wifed through the homes Workplaces, commutes of tens of millions of listeners. Before the riot, the shows were often unrestrained forms for claims of rigged voting machines and a liberal conspiracy to steal the presidency for Joseph R. Biden Jr. Mark Levin, who reaches an estimated 11 million listeners a week, that's a lie, 14 million at least, said in a Christmas broadcast, Christmas, what is that? December 25th? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a rerun, Mr. Producer? That would be a best of. So it was probably said weeks before. Called his listeners to crush them, crush them. We need to kick their ass. Bill Cunningham, a syndicated host in Cincinnati, told his listeners on January 4, I will never surrender and collapse and act as if it's okay when hundreds of thousands have voted illegally. Wow, what a call to arms there, Bill. On January 5th, as Trump supporters started to converge on Washington. Listen to this. They're converging on Washington. Dan Bongino, the host of a popular podcast, nationally syndicated show, said the Democrats rigged the rules to make sure that any potential outcome would go their way. Did they just brag about that in time, Mr. Producer? They just bragged about that. Well, don't matter. We're talking about the New York Times. Mr. Bongino took pains to tell his audience they should ignore his use of the phrase Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. I'm conceding nothing, he said, blaming the gaffe on a network teleprompter. Have you heard anything in here yet, Rich? Anything? Not a word. You're right, it's clickbait. That clarification hinted at the often unguarded nature of talk radio. Oh, that's why he said it. Where hosts indulge in edgier fare than on TV networks like Fox News. The New York Times is such a sleazy piece of S. It's just unbelievable. They had to get four morons to write this piece. The New York Times with Anonymous. The New York Times with its anti-Semitic cartoons. The New York Times with its woke culture. That Barry Weiss resigned and told us all about what goes on at the New York Times. I wrote a whole chapter on the New York Times with a what an unconscionable, diabolical newspaper it's been throughout modern history. But here they are. You knew they were coming. And of course, the New York Times never incites any violence. The result is something of an id of American conservative thought. Hosts intemperate remarks on race, immigration, and other subjects lend the shows a Renegade feel and keep listeners loyal and, emish- and emotionally invested. Where does that come from? It's like your friend in the bar, said Louis Freeland. Profe- they always bring these goofballs in. Free- studies, talk radio, and politics at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. The University of Wisconsin-Madison? Is that like the University of Moscow? I mean, it's like the most radical kook college there is. He's your buddy. He's kind of like you and likes the same kind of people that you like and doesn't like the same kind of people you don't like. This guy doesn't know me. He doesn't know Rush. He doesn't know Sean. He doesn't know Bongino. He doesn't know Beck. He doesn't know anybody. 
Unbelievable. We're ready to take you on, New York Times. We're ready to duke it out with you. We'll duke it out with you on free speech. Obviously, we can't do it on big tech, but we'll duke it out with you, even if we have to duke it out with you in courtrooms. We're ready. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. See, the New York Times wants to separate people like me from our support of Donald Trump and our friendship with Donald Trump. But we're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. When the New York Times writes a full-blown apology, not an excuse like it did several decades ago, but a full-blown apology for its aid and comfort for the Third Reich and Hitler in covering up the Holocaust until 1944. When the New York Times gives back the Pulitzer that Walter Durante received in 1932 for being the Moscow correspondent for 12 years for the New York Times and effectively for Stalin since he was on Stalin's payroll, and wrote lie after lie after lie while Ukrainians were being slaughtered, when the New York Times has a full-throated apology for that, when the New York Times has a full-throated apology for their guy who went to Cuba and fell in love with a great democratic revolutionary, Castro, in 1957, lied to the American people, created a kind of hero out of Castro, supported by the New York Times, That's three genocidal murders. When the New York Times has a full-throated apology for what it did there, then maybe we'll read the New York Times. And so it's the same New York Times that's pushing out the 1619 Project, having embraced and either advanced or censored genocide throughout the last century, The New York Times now uh, seeks to take down our country with the radical kook 1619 project, which is factually wrong. Say, every reliable historian, regardless of their politics or party. When the New York Times anti-Semitism against the state of Israel and its support for violence against Israel when it comes to Hamas, when they put a full-throated apology for that, maybe we'll read the New York Times. 
When the New York Times prints news articles and editorials defending free speech, which it has failed to do, more than one nebulous email questioning Joe Biden and his imperial activities, defending the courts from Chuck Schumer, when the New York Times is anything but an unconscionable, evil, corporate entity, then maybe we'll care what the New York Times says. Tell me, New York Times, how many times did you use the phrase Russia collusion? How many times? How many times did you publish people who claimed that the 2016 election was illegitimate? How many stories did you run that were sourced to Obama administration officials who are violating the law in order to try and get Donald Trump, including putting spies in his campaign and lying to the FISA court? How many? How many stories are you going to run the New York Times on the use of the word Nazi, neo-Nazi, to describe the President of the United States and his supporters on the Joe Scarborough show? Or D. Lemon? Or Fredo Cuomo? How many of those stories are you going to run? Inciting violence, Antifa, Black Lives Matter. How many of those stories did you run? You're a disgusting corporation who hires disgusting people who lie day in and day out to the American people to advance your phony agenda and ideology. There's not a single conservative talk show host Rush, Sean, Bongino, Beck, or me, who has ever, ever promoted violence. The same cannot be said for your crap newspaper. The same cannot be said for your crap party. Period. Which is why, despite four reporters and weeks and weeks of investigation... You couldn't find a single sentence where any of us did. And yet you have a million dollars worth of reporters there looking, looking, looking. Of course, they're not going to look at Hunter Biden. They're not going to look at the Biden family. They're not going to look at communist China. They have four reporters trying to figure out if five of us ever said anything that would incite anyone. But they couldn't, so they have to, you know, they have to play that game, that Raskin plays. Well, he said, crush them, crush them, crush them. He must have meant, get armed, get violent, and attack the cops and attack the Capitol. That's what he must have meant. No, that's not what he said, and that's not what he meant. It's not going to work. We are not cowards. We do not buckle to you. We will take you on. We have much larger audiences than the New York Times does. Each of us individually and collectively. It's not going to happen. And if it's not on terrestrial radio, it'll be on podcasts. It doesn't matter. You can't do to us what you did to Parler, 
You can't do to us what did you do to the former president of the United States. It's not going to happen, regardless of what these broadcast companies may or may not do. Period. And so the fascistic New York Times is at it again. Just as the fascistic Washington Post is at it again. There's not a dime's worth of difference between these newspapers. Why is that? Because they have an agenda. Notice they never report on each other, Mr. Producer. You know, cable channels will fight with each other. Radio hosts will fight with each other. Have you ever seen the New York Times or Washington Post fight with each other? Never. They would never do that. They're never going to do that. They're not competitors. They're sisters, brothers. Am I allowed to say that? I don't know what to say otherwise. I'm not up on the latest lingo. They're also lying bastards. They have no intention of being journalists. They think they're clever. They're not clever. Not in the least. They're busy purifying their own ranks, by the way. They're still at it. They're still at it. It's like Sulzberger's Mao. They're still going through it. Blowing people out. Mothership has to be protected. There's no reason a corporation, an extraordinarily wealthy corporation, like the New York Times that has enormous influence, should be protected from libel laws. That's a relatively recent event from the Supreme Court. There's no reason that it should be. Unless they're afraid of being sued for lying and assassinating people's characters. Now, they wouldn't do that, would they, ladies and gentlemen? Of course not. Just to show you where the New York Times is, remember that anonymous op-ed that they ran, ladies and gentlemen? Remember that? It's from some nobody at the Department of H.S., Homeland Security. Some mid to low level political appointee. Everybody was looking at the White House. Gee, who must this be? This must be a serious big. It's a nobody. A lightweight. And they ran it anyway. Because they're liars. They pushed the Russia collusion story. Lied to their readership. That's okay. They have an agenda. They have an agenda. To talk radio. Oh, man, I guarantee they were looking at social media, Mr. Producer. They were looking on websites. They were listening. They were looking. And I bet they even found exculpatory stuff, you know? Exculpatory. You know what that means. Stuff that cuts against their article. I guarantee they found it, but they, they couldn't use that. No, they have a narrative. They got to push the narrative. And so now we are right-wingers. Every one of the people mentioned in that article, five great hosts. I don't know Alex Jones. He's mentioned there, but five of us who don't know Alex Jones, all five of us that I do know are libertarian to conservative, believe in law and order, embrace our faith, believe in the founding, Utterly and completely reject violence and rioters, regardless of who's doing it, unlike the left and the New York Times and the Washington Post. All of us. And so they use this canard, or they use 
right-wingers. They use it to describe the Proud Boys, neo-Nazis, Klansmen, and talk radio, you see. This is how the game works. The big lie, right? To quote Joe Biden and Goebbels? New York Times, you can quote Goebbels. You, you covered for Goebbels and Hitler. It's the big lie. We're right-wingers. So if you support the Constitution, if you believe what was done, I do, and four of these states violated the Constitution, we've discussed it till I'm blue in the face, then you must be a right-winger who believes in violence and in, in his heart of hearts supports what happened on Capitol Hill. How do I know? Because the New York Times believes it. Therefore, reporters think it. Therefore, it must be true. How many people tonight, precious human beings, in gulags, in the old Russian Soviet Union, all those slaughtered Ukrainians, in death camps throughout Europe, executed in Castro's Cuba, How many of them are screaming silently from their graves if they should be so lucky to have a grave at the New York Times? Here's what I want those four phony reporters of the New York Times to know. Nobody with integrity, nobody with integrity could work for the New York Times. Nobody. Nobody who has an ounce of humanity or compassion can work for the New York Times. Nobody who has an ounce of professionalism could work for the New York Times. And I can go to bed at night, every night, knowing that I don't have the history of the New York Times. Quite the opposite. I reject tyranny in every form including those efforts to take over our media. I will be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. And, of course, media folks are pulling up all the cases where Jamie Raskin used the word fight, where Joe Biden used the word fight. And, of course, for the left, it doesn't matter. And they're trying to set somebody up. They're trying to push a narrative. They're trying to destroy millions of people. This is what they do. They're perfectly comfortable with it. 
like I said, the New York Times had no qualms about Stalin slaughtering millions of Ukrainians. The New York Times had no qualms about Hitler slaughtering millions of European Jews. It sat on the information. It covered it up. Oh, they had a few backstories, you know, back with the classified ads and Macy's advertisements, but that's about it. And, of course, the prison state, which is called Cuba. New York Times had no problem with that. New York Times helped bring it about. And now the New York Times seeks to destroy America with the 1619 Project and a big lie about our own history by embracing a racist ideology called critical race theory. It's they who are the kooks. It's they who are the right-wingers and the left-wingers. It's they who incite and promote violence and, in fact, celebrate it. That's its history. It's a disreputable rag. That's what it is. The people who work for it, well, chip off the old block, I guess, Mr. Producer. I'll be on Hannity tonight in 30 minutes, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll go through this to the extent I can. What's been taking place on Capitol Hill, it's, a, it's an embarrassment. It's a humiliation of the Senate. The Senate degrades itself. Absolutely degrades itself. What's occurring there doesn't happen anywhere else. That is, any other society that embraces Western Enlightenment. It does occur in other places. That is, regimes that do not embrace Western Enlightenment. Or even Judeo-Christian values. What's going on in the United States Senate has never ever gone on in the United States Senate before. We have, with a handful of exceptions, the worst Senate since I would say the Senate in the 1960s where you had a number of senators pushing segregation. Now you have a number of senators pushing the evisceration of our constitutional order. Notice I didn't say fight or crush, Mr. Producer. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I want to thank all of you great patriots. Keep your chin up. We're not defined by the left. And I'll see you in 30 minutes on Hannity. Take care. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. 